All right, folks. This is uh, a breaking news installment of the Colorado Switchblade. So there's not much production quality, but I've got some breaking news that I decided I needed to not go to Fort Collins tonight for the Focal MX because I got some information in that I felt needed to get out there, especially before the board meeting on Monday. So really the biggest item, and there's a couple of them. There's three of them. Three items I'm going to break down real quick. Um, the first is I did get the... Um, the agreement between the school district and Sheldon that they were trying not to let get out. And I was able to receive that through a Colorado Open Records Act request. Um, so we, we do have that agreement. I'm going to go ahead and post it up here so everyone can see it. And um, it kind of speaks for itself, but there, there are some large numbers involved with this. I'll go over that later. Um, I also, uh, received from a source, a, uh, so the, the, the election here in town, there wasn't much fanfare about, and it was very nonpartisan, very kind of generic in the messaging that was out there. So I was able to attain, um, what is a Colorado school board races election guide that was put out, um, the election guide was approved for use in churches by a constitutional attorney licensed to practice before the U.S. Supreme Court is what it says. Um, but it's basically ChristianVoterGuide.com. And it asks some very uh, hot-button topics. Um, I'll quick go through it now. And I'm going to include this in the, the show notes as well, the article that goes along with this. So it asked all of the candidates, um, one, two, three, four, five, very controversial questions, especially in Estes Park with, um, you know, how the community is. And I really don't feel like these issues were ever tackled in a public way. So I wanted to just talk about that and post it up, especially before the um, school board meeting. So um, the the questions it asks is, are, they relate to critical race theory, parental rights, boys playing girls sports, sex education, and gender identity pronouns. So these are some issues that are very, um, uh, you know, these are issues that Estes Park tends to, to feel very strongly about. And I just don't feel like these were put out in any sort of public way before the election. And part of that's my bad. Um, I'm, I'm kind of growing this as I go and figuring out what needs to be covered and what doesn't. And I started with the, of course, the... Um, the town election, and uh, man, I do regret not covering the school board elections. The other item I got before I put the the previous podcast out today was that there has been a decision made um, by the state of Colorado in the racial discrimination complaint made against the cousin Pat's um, restaurant here in town. I talked with Pat, the owner. Um, this is a story that, that I broke here in Estes Park when I worked for the paper. Um, and, uh, you know, tried my best to get both sides of this story. And Pat reached out to me to uh, tell me about this news. So I want I got a quick interview with him. And so that'll be at the, the last part of this. So the first thing I'm going to go over is this. Um, this Colorado School Board Races Election Guide, um, again, put out by Christian Voter Guide. So this this is asking these questions to the the different candidates, uh, Ava Kendall, John Davis, Peggy Marman, um, Stacey Furry, 
um, Courtney Cabrera and Daniela, Danielle Wolf. So the questions are, I'm just going to read it out. And, and again, I'm going to put this up on the article for you to see for yourselves. And we'll go from there. Um, and you can make your own decisions about it. So the first question is critical race theory. The United States is systematically and fundamentally racist and the students should be educated on white privilege and the unfair benefits that it generates. Ava Kendall disagreed with that. John Davis disagreed with that. Peggy Mowerman refused to answer. Stacy Furry, no response. Courtney Cabrera, no response. And Daniela Wolf, no response. And of course, you know, Ava and John are now on this new uh, board of education. And uh, they the first thing they did was get rid of our superintendent. And that's costing us a lot of money. I'm going to go into that after this. But we now know exactly how much it is costing our school district and our community. It's costing you and me, especially as parents. Um, so uh, the second question, parental rights. School is not a replacement for parents, and parents have a right to direct the education and upbringing of their children, including the right to see their children's records, curriculum, teaching, and testing material, as well as to be notified before any medical procedure or therapy is performed on them. That's a pretty good question. Um, Ava Kendall agreed. John Davis agreed. Peggy Mowerman refused. Stacey Furry, no response. Courtney Cabrera, no response. Daniel Wolf, no response. Boys playing on girls' sports, which is really. Um, it's really a transgender issue. And, um, if you listen to my podcast, you know, I have a lot of friends that are transgender. I, there's a lot of friends of my children that are trans. Um, so I'm not, I'm not going to get into that now. I'm just going to let their answer speak for themselves. So participation in sports should be according to their biological gender at birth. And Ava Kendall agrees. John Davis agrees. And the rest of them, it's the same answer for all of them, refused and no response. So really, this is just Ava Kendall and John Davis. Sex education. Sex education should be age-appropriate, emphasizing the abstinence-based model. Now, they don't say what is age-appropriate. It's just age-appropriate. So what does that really mean? I mean, if if your religious belief is that kids aren't even going to be having sex until they're married, well, that that's different than, you know, I think the reality of, of teenagers these days where it, it you need to do it because we don't want unwanted pregnancies, which opens a whole nother can of worms. All right. The last question, gender identity pronouns. Teachers have the right to identify students according to the pronouns corresponding to their biological gender at birth. So I do feel this is an important aspect of our board of education. Um, I don't know if it represents the community, really, at least the population of the community and most of us parents out there. So make your own decisions. I'm going to put the uh, put an image that, that shows this very um, questionnaire and you can decide for yourself. So let's go ahead and jump into the Colorado Open Records Act release. Um, that's going over the separation agreement between the school district and the previous superintendent, Sheldon Rosencrantz. Um, again, from the interview we had, two interviews back, um, it was made very clear that this was not wanted to be made public. And there's a reason for that. It's a lot of money. 
um, money that could be going towards our children's education and funding, getting new teachers in, and just it could go to the kids and it's not gonna. So let's go ahead and break that down. All right, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put all of it up there. So really, the important parts of this are. The, the severance package. So the district, this is this is in section two consideration, uh, bullet point B. The district shall pay superintendent a severance payment in the gross amount of $152,203.00. So $1,502,203. Um, as provided in section 10. Point four of the 2021-2024 superintendent contract plus a sum equal to the superintendent's occurred unused sick leave and 10 days vacation days paid at the rate of 25% of the superintendent's per diem salary rate in the total amount of $14,287.18, the severance payment. Subject to applicable deductions and withholdings required by law, the superintendent acknowledges and agrees to pay to pay the severance payment is not considered pura includable salary pursuant to CRS twenty four dash fifty one dash one hundred one. The district shall issue a check for the severance payment to the superintendent and postmark same to the superintendent's address on file within fifteen days of execution of this agreement by the superintendent. So that's really the most important part. That's really all of the the relevant information we get out of this. They don't go into at all why it happened, why someone with good reviews and is here and has a home. And, you know, he's not perfect. We've certainly butted heads in past stories. But, you know, we know him. We know he does put the kids first. And that's super important, I think. So... They didn't want that information out. It is now out. We have a grand total of $166,490.18 that the district is now out because these new board of directors, for some reason that we don't know, decided to fire the superintendent. So there you go. All right. So let's move on. So I'm going to just let uh, Pat Beard from Cousin Pat's tell his story in his own words. I went out and got an interview real quick. He had messaged me and said that he had gotten it. So I went right over there and got the interview. So here it is. Okay, I'm here at Cousin Pat's with the owner, Pat. And we've just had some news on the story that I started um, back when I worked on the paper in September. We... Um, there was a complaint made by a gentleman named Sean Buck against uh, Cousin Pat's establishment of racial discrimination, and, and Pat just got some news today. I'm going to let him tell you about it. Pat, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you. So tell us what, what, what's going on. Well, the case was dismissed or decided there was no fault by the um, Colorado Department of the Regulatory Agency, uh, the Colorado Civil Rights Division, so that the case basically said that there was no merit to the case, that no discrimination took place, he was never denied services and rights, and that uh, it was pretty much just a frivolous lawsuit that went, went about. 
So now it is concluded, and uh, hopefully we go on with our lives. All right. Well, that was a good good result for you. It is a good result. Yes, yes. It was a long process, two years in the making to get this taken care of. I mean, the original complaint was in March of uh, 2020. Has it really been two years? Two years now. Yeah, it's like a lost two years. Yes, <laughs> lost two years. A lot of uh, a lot of headaches, a lot of financial burdens with lawyer costs and fees and that went on with it. And, you know, a lot of. Uh, Bad press, negative press that took place here. We lost a lot of business because of it. You know, we had uh, people that canceled their, their their parties or the wedding parties or the conventions with us uh, over the course of those two years because of uh, um, unfounded uh, uh, accusations. All right. Well, thanks for taking the time, reaching out, letting us know what the decision was, and uh, letting us follow up on the story. Yep. I'm glad you fell up. Yep. I said you broke it the first time, so I'm glad that you're here to take care of it. Absolutely. All right. All right, folks, that's it. Sorry about having two podcast releases in a day. But again, with the board meeting that's happening in on Monday, I thought it was important to just cancel my plans for the evening and get back home and put this stuff out. So that's what I've done. And um, I will talk to you again this weekend with the weekend rant. Thanks for listening. Please share this out. It's important information, especially if you live in Estes. You've been listening to the Colorado Switchblade. As always, I'm Jason Van Tatenhove.